Welcome to the Beyond the Perimeter podcast. Podcast. The podcast where we discuss everything security. Each week, we cover the latest and biggest breaches to hit the news and talk to different security experts to learn about their experiences in the security industry. It's time for Beyond the Perimeter podcast with your host, Zev Brodsky. Welcome to episode 6 of the Beyond the Perimeter podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything security. If you're a first-time listener, in each episode we discuss the biggest breach in the past month and interview a different security expert to gain their insights and advice. In this episode, I'll discuss the North Shore data breach and interview Root Menashe, a tech response about security incident responding. We'll end the episode with our security tip of the month. Now for the breach of the month. On July 22nd, North Shore University Health System reported a data security incident that potentially affected over 350,000 people. They learned about the breach from a company named Blackbud, a software service provider to over 35,000 global nonprofit fundraising entities, including North Shore Foundation. According to Blackbud, the incident involved a ransomware attack on its systems between February 7th and May 20th, during which time unauthorized individuals accessed and extracted some of Blackbud's clients' files. North Shore determined that patients' full name, email addresses, home addresses, phone number, date of birth, and mission and discharge dates was accessible by the attackers. This incident was not a breach of North Shore's internal applications or systems. That means no patient medical records were breached. I interviewed Ruth Menashe to learn more about her experience as an incident response expert and how she helps companies when they experience a cyber attack. We're excited to have Ruth Menashe on the podcast today. Ruth Menashe brings years of cyber and information security experience with vast domain knowledge, worked with both civil and HLS industry, and mentored lots of passionate information security lovers from zero to 100. She's one of the organizers of B-Sides Tel Aviv and leading cyber ladies and the founder of Tech Response, an IR consultancy firm that specializes in helping companies when they experience a cyber attack. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Zev. It's a pleasure to be here. To get started, how did you get started uh, in security? I think I always loved computers uh, when I was little. I remember myself playing uh, with the computer that uh, my parents uh, bought me. And uh, because I was the only one who no, nobody understand really good in computers that time. So I, I, was, uh, I teach myself. This was the start and, and as I started as a newbie, let's say. And from year to year, I understand that I'm a, I'm a self-learner. So I learned a lot uh, online, over the internet, with friends. And when I joined the Israeli army, of course, uh, it gave me a lot of uh, knowledge. This is where my roots are. As you said, you were kind of a, a noob, like a newbie in, uh, with computers. What, what was your first computer? And, 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 what, and you did programming. What was your first language? Um, So I never liked really programming, actually, but I did learn it when I was in high school. I think my first computer was was 386. This was the model of the uh, processor, the CPU. We are talking about the middle of the 90s, maybe a little bit before start of the 90s. Uh, when the internet was beeping and making weird noises before you connect to the World Wide Web. And in school, we learn assembly. This is a very hard language. It's like a very low level. And basically, I remember I developed my, the calculator in this language. 
very basic program, but it was, uh, it was very challenging back in that time. I never really took the development uh, phase into a real thing because I prefer to know how stuff working from inside and maybe to maybe break is not the good word for it but I like to explore awesome it's you know it's the kind of like seeing a you know a lot of different programmers they love making code and seeing the product how it comes out but on your side it seems like you like to see what's inside like if it's a network or if it's inside a program and seeing how like you said how it can how it can be hacked or how it can be break how it can be broken as you mentioned earlier you said you in your army service and the Israeli Defense Forces that you were also you brought in the security side what did without giving you know maybe too much like what did what was your service like Wow it was very interesting it was uh, actually the start of the era of uh, understanding that information security is uh, also not physical it's very much related to computers. So uh, the defense methodology just, I think, uh, hit up in the, in the army. And I think I was one of the first to, to, be, to be part of the building the methodology of the defense of Israeli forces, army. I really recommend every people here in Israel who can, who can do this to join the the tech army in Israel, which is, uh, I believe, will bring only good to the planet in the end. I really believe it. I believe it as well as that, you know, you're seeing, especially in Tel Aviv, you're seeing here a lot of different, like, you know, startups that people are from that were, you know, from that worked with computers and worked with security in the IDF. You know, you've seen a lot of great things and great technology, especially in, you know, in cybersecurity, you're seeing a lot of different you know, vendors and solutions that are coming from people that were in, you know, the top, uh, like cyber and the top tech uh, platoons in the army. Yeah, it's a, it's a hub, yeah, where we learn and then we need that to take it and to make the world better. Without uh, being sound a little bit cliche, but I believe it, that uh, all the experience that we can gain in the army, we should uh, take into our benefits and make the world being a better place. Really, this is one of my motto, and I prefer to do to do it when on, on my career as well. I'm trying at least. So you just mentioned how you're taking like the model from like we, your service in the army and you make it your career. How did you make that segue from your security experience in the Israeli Defense Forces to what your career is today? It was very natural. I finished uh, my. Uh, service and just started to work in the, the industry here in Israel. I worked as an information security consultant and one of the local companies who now is a very global company named GRC. And because of my skill of exploration and curiosity, I think this is something that helped me a lot to develop and to make new skill set during uh, the, these years. I, I love to learn, so everything that is, I'm not understand or I, I, I feel a little bit uncomfort with, I have the need to go and research and to understand. So this is one of the most important skill set for hackers, I think, curiosity. curiosity. So uh, you, can't, you can't be a good one without it. And where, like you said, you find, let's say, 
something that kind of you're challenged with, where in line would you like, could you can provide the listeners to like that places that you usually go to find out more information about certain like let's say hacks or certain like way hackers are trying to breach different networks. Where like online would you say you you're commonly finding uh, these kind of like uh, inf this information? Yeah. Okay. So the obvious answer will be Google, right? But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's too obvious to say Google. I I have a suggestion, suggestion to, to the listeners or to everyone who wants to, to understand how he can be part of this uh, world. I, uh, as you introduced me before, I'm part of two communities, two, one local and one global communities besides Tel Aviv and leading cyber ladies. I think communities, especially in the COVID-19 era, let's say, it's something that we should very much uh, try to, to be part of our life. And I will explain. Because uh, we are all was used to going to the office, meeting with friends, uh, at co-workers in the building, and being part of real people meetings, not in-person meetings and stuff. And, and now we are all sitting in our homes and basically all the things that we were really, really used to cut off of our life. And I think community is one of the alternatives that is going to be ra raised soon because of uh, the situation that we are all uh, having now. So if you go to, if you, if you join community, it doesn't matter which community, we're talking about information security and cyber communities, of course, it's, it's a place where you can gain knowledge. It's a place where you can meet new people and we, you can listen to new approaches to understand what's going on in others, people's industries and, and, and cyber world. So this is a good place where you can start in order to gain more knowledge and to, to be more familiar with the, what's going on in the cyber world, community. Uh, maybe you can run your own communities if you find something that you feel very passionate about. And this is what happened to me with Besides Tel Aviv, which is the biggest hackers community in Israel. And, and leading Cyber Ladies, which is, the, which is a community that started in 2015 with Karen Elazar and Hila Meller that established the community here in Tel Aviv. And I joined two years later and we start to, to being global. Sivan Tehila opened the New York chapter of Leading Cyber Ladies and we have Netika and Helen in Toronto and we are willing to open more communities, uh, more in, in uh, any other uh, location in the world. So this is something I'm very passionate about, to bring more women into the industry and help them to be, uh, to, to stay in the community, right? It's not only to start in the community, you need to keep yourself in the community as well. So this is something I'm really passionate about and, and I learn a lot because I meet a lot of new people that teach me all the time. So this is my, uh, will be my first tip. Second one is grow your curiosity. <laughs> Again, if you find a, a topic that you are feel that you're not comfortable with and you want to be more understand in this specific topic, so uh, do whatever you can do in order to be more uh, expert 
if it means start googling and start to think about new ways to get information about this ask people go to LinkedIn and ask uh, relevant uh, expertise that have the knowledge about this topic on LinkedIn write a blog post for uh, beginners uh, join a forum join, join a whatsapp group everything that you should do in order to to be part of the industry awesome so so you're it's really about engaging learning and being very active in these different communities and also being uh, intrigued to things that are that are really like challenging you or kind of that interest you on like on that note you said like you're you have a passion for incident responding and, yeah. and especially in cyber and you know over your career you've had many security jobs such as the chief information security officer red teamer and currently your insider responder what does that job entail and what does the usual day look like for you so i think instant response is at the end uh, you need to collect a lot of skill sets, variety of skill sets in the tech world. You need to understand how networks are working and what uh, kind of infrastructure organizations are using and how the technology of, of the infrastructure is being uh, deployed. And uh, you need to understand operation systems. You need to be familiar with uh, specific uh, databases and uh, you need to be specific with specific technological stack and how developers are working and how developers are uh, commit their code into the production so you need to have a vast experience in a lot of technological uh, topics in order to be a good incident responder um, so this is something during the years i collect a lot of information I gain a lot of knowledge within the, the technological world in the security perspective, of course. So this is something I found very beneficial to do uh, because as an incident responder, and this is what I'm doing uh, in my day-to-day -day job, I am uh, basically will get a phone call probably from a company that have an issue and they, they don't know how to solve and they don't know what to do because uh, most of the companies are not familiar with information security and they don't know how to approach and what to do when they have like a, maybe a ransomware attack or maybe it's someone who try to manipulate them or one of their assets is being leaked or as such there are a lot of scenarios so uh, when a company approached me and death in this topic so this is where all my sensors are being bling 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 everything is being uh, highlights and makes me want to solve the problem it's basically like a war game between me and the hackers I meet with a company that I have no familiar with I don't know what they're doing I don't know how they're working I don't know wh what kind of technology they have. I have no idea what what is their day-to-day -day, uh, job is looking. And my challenge will be to learn this very fast and to understand how am I going to contain the incident and to make the attacker go away and to mitigate and minimize the risk that the attacker puts into this company's life. Most of the time it's a post attack that I meet the company. For example, the money already gone. 
So there is a lot of things you can do as a company owner after the money is gone in order to, to respond. This is uh, the Bible of how do you respond. You need to be very experienced uh, in order to, to tackle and to handle uh, an attacker that knows exactly what he's doing most of the time. Uh, yeah, attackers are very much experienced as well. And, and most of the time, if you would think about it, when I uh, uh, gaining a new customers that having uh, an attack, most of the time, the attacker will be much more familiar with the company than me because he lives inside the company. He's, uh, he knows exactly what's going on um, for a longer time than me. It can be two, three months, and it can be even years. I met a lot of uh, scenarios in the spectrum. So this is what the, where, where I put, bring my expertise and my passion together in order to help those uh, company to go back to their day-to-day uh, -day, day -day job. And this is the main goal, help them to, to get back to normal work of the company. And I think uh, during the last months, uh, this is something that I, uh, I learned that companies need more and more. I can't say unfortunately, but it is unfortunately because uh, attackers also, I think, have more keyboard time, sitting much more in front of computers. And I think uh, their fruits is uh, getting out out to the reality in the, those uh, last months, and I see it a lot. I totally I totally agree, especially like you know we're all like you said we're all stuck at home, and I feel like you know I'm reading like on Hacker News or Twitter or or even Reddit where you're co continuously seeing you know another ransomware coming about, and you know it's what you kind of explained like what your day to day is. It's, it's very interesting because. You're not, you know, you're not having the same experience over and over again. Like you're saying, you're getting a, coming to a new company, new industry, a new style attack. It could be, you know, in the, when they just got attacked, or they already, you know, paid the ransomware, or even, you know, when they're just, you know, right before they get attacked, or you know, you're, they're just the beginning, and it's kind of bringing a new situation and a new problem for you to solve with every new uh, client of yours. As you said, companies are really, you know, they're not, you know, they're not experienced when it comes to information security, and you know and especially on incident uh, responding. When it comes to uh, incident responding, what steps do you think businesses can take more to be more prepared for potential attacks? Like, you know, the idea of no one is no one is completely safe, but what steps would you provide that companies can be more safe? So first, you need to understand that you need to do something before <laughs> the attack is happening. There isn't company who, who is always safe. There is no such thing, especially in our world. Everything is be being more online and digital. So everyone are hackable, everyone. So first, if you understand this, this is a good, uh, good approach. You can say to yourself, eh, I don't have nothing interesting. Why the hackers were going to come to me? N nothing to do with my, with, uh, my uh, company, with my uh, assets. No, it's not true. Hackers having a lot of scenarios that they can exploit in order to make them grow and make them prosper. So it doesn't matter if you are dealing with highly classified information or with money or with information that is not classified at all. Hackers going to come to everywhere that they can make a benefit from. So this is the first thing to understand. Second thing to understand 
And when you know that you need to be prepared, you need to, to, to understand what is your security posture. What, what are the threats that your company is uh, going to deal with? And not every company has the same threat, of course. So you need to analyze the threat. You need to think, what am I protecting from? What I'm protecting inside the company? What do I want to gain in order to protect the company? When you start thinking like this, this is already a step forward into more mature information security. Because you engage with inside a company internally and externally, you start initiating the process and you start making things happening. After that you dealt with it, and this is something that also I'm offering as a service, analyzing the security postures and understanding the threat. So you need to be prepared. And now that you know from what you're going to be prepared from, so you basically test yourself. You basically see that, okay, let's theoretically say that I'm going to have a ransomware. What's going to protect me? What kind of security system I deployed in order to prevent ransomware? Do I have backups? Do all the people that's going to be relevant in this kind of scenario are familiar with the role? Do the plan is, uh, do the incident response plan is written? Does the plan communicate? It's not enough to be there that the plan is going to be written in some procedures, in some file. It needs to be communicated. Last, but very, very much important is to train. Train your managers, train your technical expertise, train your people. Don't just send documents, it's not enough. Train and make your people think that this is what's going on and let them respond because there is nothing like a real, the real thing. It's very different than just writing a paper. Writing the paper is the first step. After this, you need to train on real time your people, management and technical. You need to make sure that all of your controls are in place, that con your controls are working, that, uh, that your controls are giving you a good information and enough information, that your managers are know each one of, you, uh, of them what are their uh, role when the when the, uh, incident is occurring. And I'm talking about all the company. It's legal, it's HR, it's technical people, it's, it's holistic. It's something that in the end, the customers, of course, levels, customer success, account managers, and something incident is something in the end that touch the whole organization. Because when a company deal with a ransomware that she can't operate anymore, this, this is something that's relevant for everyone, for the customers, for the employees, for the manager man, for the investors, for everyone. So this is uh, all very much the tip of the iceberg that I can say about the incident response planning and getting ready to. So you're saying it's a real mix of understanding like why you should become a target uh, and making sure like educating about security hygiene and security posture and and training and to get would you suggest companies to run tests on their on their current like employees, for example, like, you know, phishing campaigns or other, or specific 
just to test out the employee's security posture? Yes, it's a, in overall, it's a good uh, procedure to, to make the employee aware uh, about uh, those kind of threats. Because uh, in my experience, when you talk with people about uh, information security, it's a, sometimes for some of the people, it sounds like uh, a science fiction. Sometimes it sounds like something not from this world. And okay, and when you talk to someone, it's okay, it doesn't go deep as they have the same training when they feel it, when they click a link and when they download the file and they get a little bit frightened because something is wrong with their computer and all of the files are being uh, locked because of, uh, of a ransomware. This is, uh, there is a very psychological, aspects of training the employees. It's, uh, it's make a difference, yes. The thing is that the more that you're going to train the employees with phishing campaigns, for example, so they're going, uh, unfortunately, they're going to, to click it in the end because you can be very good. You can be very good and you can uh, trick the people to click most of the time they will click the link. It's not just an awareness uh, gap, it's also a technical uh, gap because I know how to analyze from the technical perspective an email, but most of the people can do it and we are not uh, accept them to do this as well, right? So after a lot of times, at the end, they're going to fall. They're going to be victim of this phishing campaign. So it's the trick is to be very not to use this uh, control that much because you're going to create a fact of uh, wolf effect, <laughs> uh, wolf wolf. We we say it in Hebrew. Like if you use control too much, it's get, it's getting uh, you know wasted and it's not relevant anymore. So my recommendation will be to use a hybrid mix of uh, controls in order to make your people more aware. Um, one of them is, of course, phishing campaigns. And exercises, tabletop exercises, it's also a good approach for training employees. Okay, great. I, I've, you know, as an employee who like I'm on the marketing side, but I've had it where we've had like workshops where it's, you know, it's a group of eight people on, like in a conference room and they kind of provide specific examples. And, you know, it was like people from HR, people from marketing, sales, uh, de DevOps, and developers and security as well. And, you know, you really feel like there's a, you know, when you're seeing it in like the kind of clear examples, it really, you know, it helps you to understand more about the importance of security, security posture and, and you know, what kind of attacks can come your way. How uh, for security experts looking to become an incident responder, what is your advice for them? So, as I said, incident response is in the end is a variety of technological aspects that you need to be very familiar with. So you can start uh, on a specific topic. For example, uh, if you are a coder or if you are a security analyst, so you have a specific topic that you can start to elevate. So I will take the topic that you are expert in. So if you are a SOC analyst, so obviously it's the first tier before being an incident responder. And I will try to learn what's the difference between a tier one SOC analyst and a tier two SOC analyst and a tier three and an incident responder. And I will try to learn what, what is the gap. 
which means I will learn how attackers are working. I will learn what kind of tools incident responders are using in order to detect uh, attacks. I will learn how attackers are keeping themselves stealth and how, what kind of approach incident responders should take in order to uncover their stealthiness. I will take, as a summary, I will say I will take the topic that you are expert in and will try to take it into the incident response side, which is investig investigation and which, uh, which is basically means um, trying to solve what's exactly happened inside a network, in, in a computer network or in a cloud or in a web application and we'll take and take each concept and take a technical deep dive into it into the incident response topics into the forensics topics of each uh, technology step okay great before we let you go where can uh people find your insights and you know other where your writings online ah uh, yeah uh <laughs> So podcast is one of the places that they can hear me. Um, I think I should write, I, I don't write that much, actually. I'm part of the, the I'm leading the leading cyber community. So ladies can join us on Facebook to the group. It's the name of the group is Leading Cyber Ladies. And of course, if you want to approach me, contact me, I'm available on LinkedIn. My name is Reut Menashe. And I also available on Twitter when I write from time to time. Uh, my handle is Reutu, uh, uh, R-E-T, triple O, underline. <laughs> and I will be very happy to talk with each one of you who have any idea or any questions. Or if you have an incident, I hope for you that you, you won't have. But if, in case you will do, take the experts and I will be very happy to help you to, to get over this uh, bad time. Okay, Ruth, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate learning about incident response and about your insights in your, in your career in security. Uh, and thanks so much. Thank you, Ziv. It was very fun, actually. Thanks. Now for our security tip of the month. Don't give out information about fellow employees, remote network access, or business practices and strategies to people outside your company. If a person you don't know calls, emails, or messages you and asks for information about your organization, do not supply any data until the person's identity has been verified. Better to be safe than sorry. That's this month's episode of the Beyond the Perimeter podcast. Don't forget to join us next month for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.